Hello there folks and welcome back to your weekly episode of B&B Anime. This week you're just dealing with me because Brad's PC decided to explode and therefore we've gone completely off schedule because I have free reign. So it is another episode of Blue Watches a Ghibli Film for the first time. <laughs> this time it is The Secret World of Arietti, which is a story I'm very familiar with in certain ways, but also was the first time experiencing it, which I found quite interesting. But before we get into that, it's time for Vanity, the segment where we talk about ourselves, except there's no we th today, so it's just me. And me talking about myself means that I, I, don't, I don't know, it's hard to talk about yourself when it's just you here, because you have, yeah, I don't know, it feels, it feels strange. What have I been up to this week? Um, working mainly. Uh, it's reading week at my school, so I had a couple days off from actually going to class, which was nice. I had a couple days where I was neither in school nor at work, which is a rarity for me. Um, I did some, some order sheets for the first time at work today, which was rather terrifying. Oh, I saw a skunk this morning on the way to work. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this segment doesn't work as well when you don't have somebody to talk to. What have you been up to today? I'm curious about what your week has been like and if you have any fun stories about your week because I genuinely don't. Yeah, my week's been thoroughly boring. <laughs> okay, I guess swiftly moving on from that because I have nothing to talk about and I don't do news because that's Bragg's, Bragg's, Brad's segment can't even speak today. What's going on with me? Without Brad, I'm just a huge mess. Can't do anything right. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I'll just jump into the background because I really don't know what I'm doing and I feel like this is a mess already, but this mess is what you sign up for when you get random solo episodes because PCs decide to explode. So yeah, The Secret World of Arietti was... Um, a film, is a film, that um, was written by Miyazaki, who we know well from other Ghibli films, but it's based on The Borrowers by Mary Norton, which is how I'm familiar with this story. The Borrowers is an English novel that is kind of integrated into English culture now, in the sense that it's just like a very common cultural, like, slogan saying, slang, to just discard things that go missing as the borrowers having taken them. It's something that we've done since my whole life, and I'm assuming nearly all of my parents' lives as well, or, or the entirety of my parents' lives, considering that The Borrowers came out in 1952. Did it come out in 1952? Yeah, publication date was, is 1952. So, um, yeah, I feel like for at least two generations now, three, two or three generations, um... Our lives have kind of been, like, the borrowers have just been casually thrown into our lives. I haven't even read the book. I don't think ever. But, um, but yeah, the borrowers is something that, that we talk about a lot. Just, where did my headphones go? Oh, the borrowers must have taken them, you know? It did, um, any of you guys at home ever use that? I'm curious as to if that's a North American thing as well. Because I do know that the book did come across to North America. And it is just, like, a an... an international novel now but I'm curious as to whether or not it became as much of a cultural inclusion as it did for us 
in Britain. But yes, um, then the film was then directed by Hiromasa Yan, uh, Yone Bayashi, who is not the normal director of Miyazaki's films. Miyazaki normally directs his films, but he did do the screenplay. So that's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, is a Ghibli film. It runs for 95 minutes. It raked in um, a whole 146 million in the box office when it only spent 23 million to make, which is pretty cool. And it came out in 2010. And I feel like I saw Selena Gomez advertise this. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like Selena Gomez did a thing on Disney Channel where there was like a commercial where she was singing and this was the the film? Does anyone else remember that? Or is that a is that a vague a vague memory? The American dub was released in North America on February 17th of 2012 by Walt Disney Pictures. It feels like it could be a thing. Am I going crazy as to think that that this is a thing? I'm trying to see. If it was. There was a music video that premiered on Disney, Disney Channel on January 10th. Was that Selena Gomez? Because I know the music video. Oh! Bridget Medler. Okay, so it's not Selena Gomez. It was Bridget Medler. Okay. And they were big on Disney Channel around the same time. I'm fairly certain. Because Bridget was the one who did, what, Lemonade Mouth? That film? And then she had a couple, couple singles, but... I think she was with a band at one point, and then it never really went anywhere after that. Okay, that's why... Yeah, okay. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> you get to do the research with me when it's just by, me by myself. Um, but yes, so The Secret World of Arietti has a 0.17% drop rate, which is standard for a film, but not so standard for Ghibli. I feel like Ghibli runs below that normally. I'm... Mm, I say that, but that's the exact same score as My Neighbor Totoro, so it might be exactly on par. It has a 4.08 out of 5 on Anime Planet, or an 8.16 out of 10, and a 7.89 out of 10 on my anime list, making it an average score of zero point of 8.03, sorry, out of 10. Um, and yeah, it is rated G for all ages. It is a fantasy novel and does have Disney distribution. So I'm not sure if you will be able to watch it on Disney Plus, but you can see it on Canadian Netflix. I'm not sure about American Netflix because I know they are touch and go with Ghibli films, but Canadian Netflix definitely has it. Um, yeah, uh, it's... Uh, it's it's a film so if you don't know the basic concept of a borrower or the story of the borrowers it's basically the idea that there are tiny humans like Tom Thumb or Thumbelina um, living 
in amongst humans in their houses, and whenever something goes missing, it's because the borrowers have borrowed it, and um, and and they're using it in in whichever way that they would use it. And so this story goes off of that concept. We have a young boy named Shoal who goes to live in the country for a little while, and as he's doing so, he comes across borrowers, and that's the main concept of the film. And it's a very, very sweet film. I do recommend watching it. I agree that it's for all ages, but there is some absolutely amazing um, um, animation in this film. Ghibli has amazing animation anyway, but I have to give a major props to the 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 way they did this with the sheer size difference and simple things like the switching from um uh the foreground to background the and and the the focus changing which is something that can be used very powerfully in just regular cinematography but the fact that they're using it in animation is just something that i find incredibly satisfying this film has a lot of foliage and, and, you know, like, small, tiny details that have to be detailed when you're looking at the big picture, and then you see those details in blown-up form when they're in Hands of the Borrower, for instance, there's at one point where they're holding a teapot, and it has to look as detailed when the, the human is holding it as it does when the borrower is holding it, but obviously you're seeing a, a complete size difference in the object, and they have done that incredibly well. The colours are beautifully bright, when it's gloomy and raining, it's so good. The sound in this, there is one particular scene that is so incredible, where um, it's the first time that our main borrower, Arietti, sees a kitchen, like a human kitchen, and there is just these, like, it's just, it's at nighttime and all of the sounds of the different things within the kitchen are focused on as if there was somebody, like, during an active kitchen, you know, and they're playing all of the sounds and she's imagining it all happening and it's so creative, creative and amazing and it's just such a good moment in the film. It's, I don't know, it's just such a, such a cool... <laughs> such a cool thing and and i i that like blew my mind ghibli films are always so incredible but this one for some reason i feel like it's like gonna be top of the list it might be purely a nostalgia factor for me because i did grow up with the idea of borrowers with believing in them when i was a kid you know like like i believed in them the same way i believed in fairies and pixies you know and and i would try and find them and i would set things out for them and and you know leave them gifts i left gifts for the borrowers when i was a kid and um and like even now I was thinking while I was watching the film how stinking cool it would be if you ran like a little bed and breakfast in the countryside or something and you had secret little borrowers like nooks and crannies that you didn't tell your guests about and you could let them discover it on their own and like some people would come and stay and they may never find anything and they would just enjoy their stay at a normal bed and breakfast and go on their way and then other people would come and they would find something and then they would spend their whole vacation just like sneaking around and trying to find more and then you just act oblivious like what do you mean no 
<laughs> there's nothing there. It's just, I mean, obviously you don't want to give someone a mental breakdown thinking that they're seeing things when they're not. But I think it would be so cool, especially if like, you know, maybe parents are in on it, but you let the children just discover it all themselves. Or, but I love the idea of like, like, even the adults being surprised by it and being able to discover it on their own. I feel like we need that as adults to allow ourselves that little bit of innocent imagination and playfulness. It's like at the cafe, we have these seasonal cookies and they're all sugar cookies, but we have three different designs. And the sparkle that adults get in their eyes when you ask them if they want to pick a color is incredible. And you don't, I don't know, it's like, when was the last time you were asked as an adult what color you wanted out of a cookie, you know? It's it's the little things like that 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 keep us youthful and keep the spring in our steps and, and I don't know, keep us alive. And this film is, is one of those things that just brought me right back to that childhood excitement about all of these, these cool, mysterious things and playing and, and just having fun. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen this film, I do highly recommend it. I am going to put the spoiler chicken hat on you guys now because there is a theme throughout this film. Oh, I will just say that there, I'm going to put a trigger warning out there for childhood illness. Um, it's no, like it's Disney kind of levels. Like it's not a huge thing, but it, if that's something that is triggering for you, then that is present within the film consistently throughout. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that, I don't know. It's just fun. It's cute. I like this film a lot and I, I recommend that you watch it. So now that those spoiler chicken hats are on, I want to talk about um, Haru because her intentions were never kind of fully fleshed out and I'm interested about that. Like, I want to know you guys who have seen the film if you, like, what you think her intentions fully were. Because obviously she captures um, Homily or, or Ariete's mom and uh, puts her in a jar and puts her in the pantry to keep. But we never really find out why she did that. Obviously to show Sarako, who um, is the, the caretaker of the house, the I think our um, show's aunt. I can't remember their their relationship. Um, and uh, and like she wants to show her, but like I don't quite get the extermination um, like intent. I don't get what like is she just trying to capture all of them to have to display? Is there a uh, uh, like, because the, the way she calls them thieves and stuff, it seems like she has a negative feeling towards them, but she's also fascinated by them. I just don't, I don't quite get where she was going with it, you know? Like, is it a money-making scheme? Is she going to sell them? Is she going to take the credit for discovering a new species? Like, what's, what's the deal? And I don't necessarily feel like it even needs to be fleshed out in her character or in the storyline, because it does leave you with that little bit of imagination or interpretation that each person is going to walk away from this film with, with their own ideas. But I do wonder a little bit... <clears throat> I do wonder a little bit about what the intention is from um 
from the the creator's perspective? Like, what did they intend Haru's, you know, reason for capturing them to be? I'm curious. I want to know. I kind of had it as a as a collector's thing. It seemed like she wanted to, like, prove her own point and collect them all and get rid of them. It definitely seemed like she wanted to uh, to get rid of them. But also not to, like, throw them away or, like, get them to, to leave necessarily. It was like she just didn't want them in the house. She wanted them in jars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she wanted them for her own reasons, purposes. I don't really get... I didn't really flesh it out much further than that, but that was my thought. I'm interested to know about your guys' opinions on Spiller as well, because he's more of a wild character. He seems to be, um, like, like, not settling down anywhere, really. Um, always on the move, hunting, very much, like, you know more of a, a wild character, I guess, like, um, and whereas Arietti and her parents seem to be more of the settled down type. And I want to know what you guys think of his character. I think it was very cute that he had a little bit of, uh, admiration for Arietti. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was cute. I also want to know what your thoughts are about Shaw and his illness and the fact that they don't give you a solidified ending on how the surgery goes at the end of the film. At the end of the film, it's just left with when is your surgery day after tomorrow. And then Arietti and her family and Spiller go off down the river in their teapot and, um, Shaw assumedly goes back to the house and, uh, with the courage to fight. But, we don't get any resolution on what happened with that surgery. Do you feel like we need that resolution in this film? Or were you happy with it just being a segment of his life, a moment in time, and us not getting that, you know, perfect happy ending that we are used to seeing in a Disney film? I... Part of me definitely wants the happy ending. I like the idea of, of the happy ending. Um, it... It does just give you that warm, squishy feeling, but I also have a serious appreciation for films and animes in general that just give you a moment in a person's life. I actually really like books like that as well. I tend to find myself reading and consuming content like that quite often. It's it's normally my preference of just getting like a chapter of someone's life and you don't really know much about the before and you don't really know much about the after, but having that that period of time and just kind of like being nosy for a little bit. I enjoyed that. And so I did enjoy this. We also do get a bit of background with Sho and his parents being divorced and the fact that um, his mom told him about the borrowers, but also is working so much and going abroad when he's going to have open heart surgery in a couple of days. And I'm with Sadako here thinking like... Uh, what are you doing as a mom <laughs> if you're leaving your kid to have open heart surgery alone? I'm sorry, what? I mean, I get that it's tough on you as a parent, but your kid needs you there. So you're kind of shitty, in my opinion. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know, that just made me sad. That part of the story just makes me feel really sad. Speaking of parents, though, we have Pod and Homily, Arietti's parents, who are 
Pod is so freaking cool. When you first see him borrow in one of the earlier scenes of the film, he is awesome. The way that he is hooking those earring backs around to get himself hooked into the, the tables and lassoing himself around and, and climbing up um, cupboards with his double-sided sticky tape on his hands and feet. It's so cool. He is so, so cool. And I would actually love to see some cosplays of this film because some of the stuff that they've done is so, so fun. And I think seeing it on a blown up scale would be awesome. And I think Pod would be great. So if you're an older guy that wants to cosplay or a dad that wants to cosplay with a kid, this would be such a sick film to cosplay as. And if you've seen any cosplays of anybody doing this film, please send them to us because we want to see them at BNB Anime. This, yeah, tag us in those photos. This would be so sick. We'd love to see. Um, yeah. That's kind of all of the characters. There aren't that many characters within this film. That's kind of a, a theme throughout all Ghibli films, really. They don't have a large character list, and I really like that about them. It means you get a level of intimacy and a direct storyline, and there's not a lot, of, a lot of other outside influence that can distract your mind from the simplicity of the film. And the, the consistency of Ghibli's sim simple films is one of my favourite things about the studio, and I also think that's why the studio is so consumable and so well-received, is because you just get a very quiet, gentle storyline. You get to shut off your brain for a while. It's like being on a lazy river when you go to a water park, you know? Like, you have all of the slides and the, and the crazy things that you enjoy, and you, like, you go wild on them, and they're so fun, and those are the films, like, I don't know, My Hero or Jujutsu Kaisen or, you know, like the crazier films. Those are your crazy water slides. But this being like a lazy river, when you just need a break, you've had some lunch and you don't want to quite like go into the the craziness and it's the heat of the day now and, and you just want to take a little, a little break before you go back on the slides again so you hit up the lazy river. That's what a Ghibli film is. And I very much love that <laughs> about this, about the studio. I think it's great. There was something else that I wanted to comment on. I know I was obsessed with those ivy leaves when I was looking through it. We got another total moment of using a, a leaf as an umbrella, but in this this case, it was an ivy leaf, which was so cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just enjoyed myself. I enjoyed my time. I was captivated the whole time. I ate some dinner while I was just gently watching it, sipped on a hot chocolate, and just like relaxed after a day at work by watching this film. And I feel like if you guys are on the same the same wavelength, you got a lot going on in your mind, putting on this film and just shutting it off for a while and letting your inner child get excited over tiny little creatures that are living around and being cool, like athletic, crazy craziness within your house it just I don't know it's just something about that's just really fun I do want to ask you guys though if you had turned into a borrower overnight the only thing you have is your clothes that shrunk with you everything else is still the size that it is right now but you and your clothes have magically shrunk what do you use as your house what is the first thing that you start building? What are your, what's going to be your tools? What's going to be the first thing that you borrow? And 
you could borrow it from yourself, from your big version of yourself, or you could go and steal and sneak into somebody else's apartment or house or whatever. I want to know, what's your setup as a borrower? Where would you live? Are you going to camp out in somebody's house? Are you going to camp out in a shed or in, um, I don't know, in the hollow of a tree maybe? What are you doing as a borrower? I want to know your whole setup, how you would live, what animals you would tame, because we all know that somebody's going to be like, I'm going to be best friends with a crow when I'm flying on the back of them. Like, I want to know your whole setup as a borrower. And if there's any artists out there that are listening, draw it. I want to see. I want to see what your what your setup is. Or if you're a writer, give me a full description. I'm I'm so curious as to what you guys are doing. I want to jump into your mind. I want to see what you create as a borrower what your vibe is like, what your house is like. Yeah, that would be so cool. I feel like a a bathroom cabinet would be a really good place. I mean, obviously, it would have to be like an abandoned bathroom or something, but I feel like that would be a really good place to, like an old antique one, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm curious, let me know. Anyway, I think I've rambled enough, even though it's only been 25 minutes, but I don't know what to talk about when Brad's not here. And the Ghibli films are pretty straightforward. So I'm going to wrap it up here and we're just going to keep it with a short one today. But Brad should hopefully have a working PC next week and we will be back to our regularly scheduled program. I am not sure what we will be covering because next week is technically scheduled to be The Devil is a Part-Timer Season 2 because Licorice Recoil is what we were going to record for this week. And that might then go onto the back burner and be our backup in case we need a week off. Or um, we might end up recording that for next week and then we'll push The Devil is About Part-Timer Season 2 back. Not sure what the plan is going to be. We'll figure figure it out and let you know on the socials. Or maybe we'll just drop the episode and it'll be a surprise for you. But we hope to see you again next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. And um, yes, because of Brad's PC explosion, we are going to be one week behind on the weekly Spy Family episode review on YouTube. But don't worry, next week we will do two episodes in one go. You'll get a double trouble going for you and, uh, and we'll get caught up. So don't worry about that. We'll still be covering it week to week, just unfortunately missing this week because, yeah, Brad's PC decided to explode. I guess the borrowers decided to take the hard drive or something. The motherboard, the process. I don't know what they took. Brad said something exploded, but I wasn't really paying attention. Anyways, (laughs) thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to follow us, you can find us on BNB Anime on pretty much any social media platforms. We also have the website www.bnbanime.com. You can find Brad on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming or Instagram under the same handle. You can also find me on Instagram at BlueLavenderSTM. I also have an Etsy shop where I sell bookmarks, which you can find if you want to buy it's up to you and that's blue lavender crafts uh, if you want to check me out on there but that's everything from me i was gonna say us but it's just me so i hope you have a wonderful evening and day time whatever whenever you're listening to this i don't know have a good week we'll see you next one bye